Thank you all for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Free and available where you beautiful people get your podcast. On today's episode, great chat with former MSU basketball point guard Brandon Wood. Just super, super awesome guy. Very generous with his time. But first, oh yeah, that's right. We got a little basketball game on tonight, don't we? MSU versus Maryland on the road. <laughs> Let's break that down. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan fans, how on earth are we doing on another MSU basketball game day today? Yes, just a a beautiful, joyous day, and hopefully it will be throughout the duration of tonight's game at 7 o'clock p.m. on the road in College Station on ESPN, the Deuce Baby. Um, Yeah, feeling okay for the game, as good as I possibly can be. You guys know me by by now. I can freak myself out over a game against uh, Hazlitt High School, but today... Uh, yeah, we're, we're feeling just okay right now. We'll, we'll get to that game in a hot second, but first, of course, we got to do the housekeeping. Just need to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. As you already know, this is Locked on Spartans. And if you ever want to reach me, shoot me an email at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Had plenty of you guys that uh, shot me some emails after Saturday's win, because how fun is that? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's, let's all relish in this win and party together. Let's, let's do it. Why not? So... Like I said, we're going to get to Brandon Wood here in a hot second. Great lawn chat with him. Uh, super nice guy. Just really, really fired up uh, about how well th- that all went. Uh, but first, yeah, that's right. We've got Maryland versus Michigan State. And I, I can't ignore the news that happened in football today and also a few days ago. Two separate pieces of news. Uh, Marco Coleman, he has been hired as the defensive line coach. And also Michigan State football got a tight end transfer out of Illinois, Daniel Barker. We're going to talk more in depth about that tomorrow. Just a lot going on in the show today. So tomorrow, of course, we're going to recap the Maryland versus Michigan State game, but also talk more about those football additions. So without further ado, hey, 7 o'clock, ESPN2. It's your Spartans. It's the Terrapins. So what's going on with Maryland basketball this year? What I guess what isn't going on with them this year? <laughs> it has been a uh, quite the journey for the Terrapins down there. Uh, Eleven and ten on the season, they are ranked a hundredth in the net right now, and yeah, like the the record isn't you know weird enough. And they're three and seven in conference play. They either seem to be just waxing teams or absolutely getting waxed by teams. Um, but of course, it's the controversy, or I don't know if it's controversy or whatever, just the oddity that happened at the beginning of the season. Mark Turgeon just leaving. Yeah, their their head coach, after signing an extension, uh, chucking up the deuces and saying, you know what, you guys got it from here. Uh, Have fun with your new coach, Danny Manning. So tough spot for Mr. Manning to be in, but I guess they're trying to make the most of it. Uh, They got a good win this year against Illinois. No, they did not have Kofi Coburn, but hey, as we know, doesn't really matter sometimes. Illinois still can be a hard team to beat, so they took it to Illinois for their best win of the season. What does Maryland do good? What can we expect the Terrapins to do tonight? Uh, well, they're pretty good at free throws. They shoot 74% as a team. And also, to go hand-in-hand hand with that, they are also pretty, pretty good at getting to that free throw line, averaging 20.4 free throws per game. Also, this isn't on the box score, but rather the roster. Uh, this is a lawn and rangy team. Their starting lineup, which we'll get to in a little bit, a lot of height. A lot of length. It's very reminiscent of, well, last year's team. Just a 
Rangy defensive team, and here we go again. Awesome. Had such a fun time with this matchup last year. Woo! Um, now, here's why I have a little bit of confidence tonight. And, you know, they do a bunch of things like average, like the rebound average, you know, average in steals, all that fun stuff. They are bad, though, at three-point shooting. They are the second-worst three-point shooting team in the Big Ten, coming in at 31% from behind the arc. Only Nebraska is worse in the conference, shooting it at a hot, hot 30% this year over in Lincoln. So, yikes. Uh, conversely, Michigan State, our Spartans, uh, they have the second-best opponent three-point percentage, holding their opponents to just 29%. And also, uh, Maryland's not too great at forcing turnovers, just uh, 10 turnovers per game, or 10.6, if you want to be exact, uh, which is 11th in the Big Ten. Of course, I can't preview a game without talking about Michigan State's turnover issues, which uh, wasn't all too well in the first half of last game as they went into the locker room with nine. But just like they did, I believe it was the Wisconsin game they did this, uh, they clamped it down in the second half, and I think they only turned the ball over twice or three times in both the Michigan and the Wisconsin games in the second half. So uh, let's just not boot the ball everywhere to start the game. That seems fun to not get yourself in a hole. At a road venue, that yeah, usually seems pretty tough. Of course, anytime the Spartans go somewhere, a little bit of a target on their back, and I'm sure that tonight will be no different. So, uh, let's just run through the starting lineup really quick. You got Fats Russell. Yeah, all-name team. First team, all-name team. Fats Russell, 5'11". Eric Ayola, 6'5". Hakeem Hart, 6'8". Dante Hart, 6'8". And then, uh, oh boy, uh, Quaidus Wahab. I, there's no way I said that right. 6'11". And one of their top guys off the bench is highly rated four-star true freshman Julian Reese at 6'9". So, like I said, this is a very tall and rangy team. Uh, it's going to be a fun battle to watch at the guard position. Fats Russell versus whether it be A.J. Hogard or Fats Russell versus Tyson Walker. Two strong defenders for our Spartans, so can they limit Fats Russell? Who's having a solid year? 13 points and 3.8 assists per game. Can they keep him at bay? Now the next guy they really got to keep under check, and that is Eric Ayala, six foot five. He is the straw that stirs the drink for this Terrapin team. Uh, just going through his box scores, going through his game log, uh, when he plays well, more times than not, Maryland does win. And on the flip side, when he does not play all too well, well, uh-oh, Maryland does not win. He's leading the team 15.8 points per game, and he will gun a lot of threes. He shoots about seven threes per game at a 36% clip. So, solid shooter. Solid enough, no Doubt. So, yeah, that, that's going to be my top matchups right here. That point guard matchup and that shooting guard matchup. Uh, can Max Christie string together back-to-back -to -back great games? Uh, stay tuned. Yeah, that's... Stay tuned, I suppose. Um, let me get the Bart Torvik numbers right now to see what they are projecting for a win today. They have this one at a Michigan State 72, Maryland 69 victory for your Michigan State Spartans, giving MSU a 63% chance at a win today. Uh, yeah, Michigan State's probably better than just three points over Maryland, but uh, road games in the Big Ten, baby. That's right. It's, it's cliche, but oh yeah, you never complain about a road win in conference play. And speaking of hopeful road wins in conference play, let's touch on this really quick. Uh, that Michigan-Michigan State game at Chrysler Arena that was postponed is actually rescheduled 
to the dismay of many, eh, including myself, but what, you know what, Tom, I'll trust you. Anywhere, anytime, any place, any who, whatever the slogan is. Um, the Spartans will be playing on March 1st at Chrysler Arena. Of course, the game's still going to be in Ann Arbor. So this puts Michigan State at a tough spot to end the year. They go February 26th uh, against Purdue at home. March 3rd is on the road at Ohio State. So, yes, that means within a 48-hour span, MSU will be playing two road games at the tail end of the season. Woohoo! Yay! And like we said, too, like when the postponement all happened, like I, I don't personally think Michigan State needs this game. I, it's all moot points. So I'm not going to harp on it for too long, but what do you benefit from this game? Oh, well, I digress. Uh, Michigan, on the other hand, though, not... Much better for them to get this game shoehorned into the back end of their schedule. They play Illinois at home February 27th. And then, well, yeah, just a little over 48 hours after that, that's when the Michigan State game would be. And then uh, 20, 48 hours after that, they got to play Iowa. So they're going to do a three-game-in-six-day gauntlet there uh, to end their season before hitting the road to Columbus on March 6th. But, yeah, so... Listen, MSU's in a jam, right? Uh, they have to play some games on quick turnarounds when they probably don't want to uh, late in February, early March. But so are the other guys as well. So I don't think there's an advantage or disadvantage there. Either way, uh, that's just the fact of the matter. So, yeah, let's let's do it, guys. I, yeah, try, try to run back what you did on Saturday down there on that Tuesday night in March. Ooh, feel it, baby. Let's go. All right, guys, we're going to be back in a hot second with Brandon Wood. Awesome chat with him, but just, yeah, I just got to talk to you beautiful people about Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, playoff performance props, to where the next coach fired is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net has basketball, they got hockey, they got boxing, they got golf, they got UFC, and they have your favorite Vegas casino games. They are just simply your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. It's Bet Online where the game starts. And before our chat with uh, the, the legendary Brandon Wood, hey, I just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Super fired up to be joined by a former player. This one is an OG of the transfer portal, a Big Ten champion in his only season with Michigan State. Of course, we're talking about the one, the only, Brandon Wood. Brandon, how on earth are you doing, man? Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Right on. And, of course, I, you could sit Tell in my voice, I'm fired up. I'm in a great mood. Just watched the awesome game on Saturday. Were you able to watch a game on Saturday? And how much of this team have you been able to watch uh, this season over where you're at? I did watch the game on Saturday. We, um, I'm on the board of directors of the Arizona Spartans alumni uh, board out here. So every game, not every game for basketball, but for football, uh, we host all the game watches. And then some of the specific basketball games, we host the game watches as well. So I got a chance to go to the Detroit Coney Grill. Uh, and watch the game with a few other Spartans. So, yeah, I got to see the game on Saturday. Is it different, like, as a former player when, like, you're playing Michigan, for example, as opposed to, like, another random team? Like, do, do you remember the Michigan games a little more than the other ones, or does it all kind of blend together for you as a former Spartan? No, they, you definitely remember those specific games, you know, going against yeah. your biggest <laughs> rival, you know. So, 
man, I remember going there, playing on the road, uh, playing them at home. Uh, you know, so yeah, I definitely remember those games and, you know, just to, as a one year Spartan to kind of be immersed into that rivalry right away. Uh, it was, it was, it was cool to see that, you know, just the, the traditions of them going back and forth, you know, whether it's leading up to the game or, you know, just talking that trash, you know, on the internet and in person and, you know, the, the, the different best that come along with the alumni, uh, it's it's exciting yeah. to be a part of. It was exciting to be a part of then, and you know now watching as an alumni and as a fan, uh, you you always look forward to watching them games. I know for me, uh, just being a part, be on this, being on the Arizona Spartan board out here, and being able to watch the games from their perspective of being a fan and being the in the bars having drinks with the different fans from both sides. No matter who we're playing, you know it's a it's a cool experience for for alumni like myself, especially in those Michigan games. <laughs> And, like, you know, you're in a really unique spot, right, because you were at you know, Michigan State just for one season. How quick into the first Michigan game did you realize, like, all right, this is a, a little different than any other game? Or was it even before the game, like the build-up to it? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, even the build-up, you know, at that level, uh, that was one of the differences from that I experienced from level to level is just the preparation, What no matter who you're playing. So just the preparation of getting, you know, ready and watching the film for these teams and, uh, you know, studying the scouting report and understanding their plays at higher and higher levels. Uh, it, and just in general, it was, you know, much more intense, much more focused, uh, much more a higher level of accountability. Uh, the attention to detail was, you know, off, off the charts, you know, from what I had experienced, not that the Drew family and the other colleges I went to didn't prepare, but, you know, going into the Michigan games, just to, I feel like just the like the emotional buildup, you know, just the energy that you feel from the coaches, and you know, even just saying that, I just got I just got chills. I just gave myself chills. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, just you know, just the energy that comes along with the the buildup to those games is is amazing, you know. And that's something I had never experienced um, as a player at that level. I mean, in high school, we had some rivals. Uh, my other universities had some rivals, but you know, I there might not be. I, at that level, you know, that's one of the highest, the biggest, most intense, most competitive rivalries probably in all of sports. So, you know, to be a part of that and to prepare for that and just to feel the just the atmosphere leading up every day in practice, every day in film, you know, that's, you know, that's that's a game that we look at as a all games are kind of must wins. But that's, you know, that's a must win for different reasons. And it's impossible for me to think of that 2012 Michigan series because you guys lost at their place. And then right after, you have one of the most fascinating teammates you could possibly ever have at Michigan State, Dream on Green. Mm-hmm. I think he straight up guaranteed. Like, I don't think he minced words. I think he straight up just said, like, <laughs> we are beating them. When you have a guy like Dream on Green guaranteeing wins, like, a week or two weeks before the game, are you like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> like, what's what's that like just to kind of have to back up his words uh, when they come to your house uh, Next yeah, no, that I mean that 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 speaks for you know the accountability. You know, it was like by any means after we took that loss, uh, and re- I'll tell you a story about that loss as well uh, as Please. it pertains to me. But uh, yeah, just I mean when someone like Day Day says that, it's like you, you know, he's the leader. You know, so whether it's on the court, off the court, um, just making sure we're in the right mindset. You know, you know sometimes saying stuff like that in order to put a higher level of pressure on us. So we, you know, we know the seriousness of the situation. That's, you know, that's, that's part of, uh, of the style of leading there, you know, whether it's from coaches or from, you know, players that have earned that right 
such as they that, you know. So, uh, yeah, you kind of just fall in line and, and, and like, OK, it's what do I have to do? Like, what what must I do to win? You know, and that's what you go out and focus on doing um, that the game on the road where we played them on the road. That was looking at the time. It was one of my biggest lessons I learned there. But as I reflect back in general, just on life, it was probably one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned. So I don't know gotcha. if you remember the end of the game and there was a, it was like back, like one possession game, you know, down to the wire. And there was a play at the end of the game when they got like kind of like, I think it was like a two on one fast break where we were kind of trailing on defense, trying to catch up on defense. And there was a play um, on my, on my part, you know, when you when you get a, have a turnover, they get a, get a rebound and get on a fast break, you know, the first thing to do is sprint back. You know, that's that's like mm-hmm. basic. That's like foundational. That's, you know, everyone knows that you got to sprint back on defense. So it wasn't intentional at all. Like it was just a, uh, a example of probably just lack of it had to be. I would it, it's kind of lack of focus on my part. But at the same time, it was so innocent. I didn't even realize gotcha. and understand what I did. So if after that game we lost, you know, all the fallout, you know, Izzo on all of our ass, you know, it's it yeah. was, it was a tough <laughs> one of the tough ones. So he showed us the video the next day in practice. And on that final play where I think Stu Douglas maybe hit a layup or or he might have missed it and somebody got a rebound and tipped it in, something like that. He, You could see me on defense. I wasn't sprinting back. I was I was running back on defense, but I didn't give my maximum effort, you know, and given the the timing, given the game, given the, you know, being on the road, you know, playing against Michigan, Michigan, a team who we ended up, you know, sharing the regular season Big Ten title with, you know, those single possessions are what can make could have made us uh, all uh, all like what is it all out champion of the league or, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. So that play, you know, he and, he, and as you can imagine, and, and another part of that that sequence on the video, a freshman, Brandon Kearney, was in the game as well, and he was busting his ass to get back on defense. So kind of like it was gotcha. like a freshman <laughs> sprinting back full speed, like full effort, and then a fifth-year senior, you know, running back, but, you know, not having that uh, – that just that that next level, you know, because it was the end of the game. That was a big play, you know, so – that was uh, uh, one of the tough moments there, you know, of, you know, them holding me accountable and really honing in on me, you know, to make sure that I understand even outside of that game, just the, you know, the attention to every single play, every single action, every single fast break, every single retreat on defense, you know, that, that really hit, you know, hit me in my heart, you know, so I had to, I think I got benched after that, you know, so it was, it was really a, a game where I learned a big lesson and I, and I understood it, you know, even though it is as a player, you're kind of like, I, I know I didn't not sprint, give my full effort oh. on purpose, but just how it looked, you know, and that sure. timing of the, the possession of the game, it wasn't the greatest look. So that was one of my learning lessons that I, I learned, you know, early on in the big 10 season. What, it wasn't all bad in your career, of course. And, you know, talk about the three-way tie. You guys lost that complete heartbreaker to Ohio State, so it was split three ways. But mm-hmm. just like the Michigan series, you know, okay, you get to play Ohio State a week, week and a half later in the Big Ten Tournament mm-hmm. Championship game in 
you lead the game with 21 points. Like you were on a roll right there. Is that easy to say your best game at Michigan State, or is there even another one that kind of sticks out? Um, I would say, you know, just given it being a Big Ten championship, um, playing against Ohio State, playing in my home state of Indiana, uh, a lot of my family and friends were all there, uh, playing in an arena that I grew up. Um, knowing as I believe uh, Market Square Arena, I believe it was, you know, and just, just being an Indiana guy, you know, that was a great experience to go back and, um, you know, play there in Indiana. Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> right. <on. laughs> but, uh, That's awesome. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing, you know, but uh, I had, I had, you know, that was, that was a great season for me. You know, I, had, I feel like I had a lot of big games, whether it was scoring points or, you know, guarding the best player on the other team. You know, I'm very proud of that season. You know, I know the Big Ten ACC game. I had a big game against Florida State. Um, uh, yeah, there's quite a few big games I could speak on. But, you know, that, you know, being the Big Ten championship and then, you know, being on the first team, all Big Ten tournament team. And, you know, that was a great, uh, a great accomplishment that I'm proud of. And that's always fun for players to do, just talk about their best games. I mean, it's hard for a lot of people to just talk about, you know, glowingly about themselves. But yeah. uh, it's impossible to not bring out because 21 points, Big Ten tournament game after you just lost to them. Like, that, did that kind really, of help? Really, like, really, was that, that almost like – Really at that level, sorry. it's like at that level, playing at that level, you can have big games and only hit one or two shots. So it's like yeah. – I, I, I know I had a, some good scoring games, but I had a lot of big games where I hit big, timely, clutch shots, you know, and, you know, whether it was at home or on the road. So and getting stops yeah. on defense, you know, that's a lot of that is kind of overlooked. But, you know, when you're in the game and making stops and guarding the best players on the other team and, you know, trying to make it tough on them, you know, that, that goes into winning as well. So, yeah, it was that was that was a, a amazing year. And we'll be back in a hot second with Brandon Wood. But, hey, we, we got to hear from an old friend. Rock Auto! That's right, guys. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, what was your Odyssey an LX or EX or a BX? Who knows? I I sure don't. Uh, And, you know, just waiting for the person behind the counter to order parts on their computer. Choosing only brands that their warehouse happens to carry. You're getting absolutely jobbed over at that place. But rockauto.com is not shafting you. They they are just putting money right back in your pocket and giving you the car parts that you need. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You would only do it if you were a big circus clown. Here, here. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in there. Hey, how'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And, you know, kind of just speaking, you know, home versus away, what was the hardest crowd you've ever played in front of? Mm, Hardest... Um, I wouldn't say it was hardest, but there there was one game where I, I've always I've always been prepared to play, you know. So I've always I've always produced, you know, throughout my whole life I've always produced at sure. pretty much a high level, and I've never really experienced like nervousness on the court or 
you know, whether it's mentally or physically, but we played at Indiana and there was, I came oh. out, yeah, I came out, we, we ended up losing, unfortunately, but I came out the game really aggressive. I think I, I shot like three or four shots in the first couple of minutes. I, they were all good plays, good looks, good shots, good attacks to the basket. Uh, but I remember I came out really aggressive and then uh, shortly on, sometime in the first half, I got to the free throw line and I got to the free throw line and, you know, I've, I didn't, that was probably my worst free throw shooting season of my life. You know, I don't know, I don't know what it was. Like it was, I just wasn't in rhythm at the free throw line. I wasn't comfortable. I remember the whole year uh, and that's rare, you know, cause never happened. And so I get to the free throw line against Indiana and I'm, I'm at the line doing my routine and I kid you not, I could not feel my arms. Like perfect. Awesome. I just <laughs> Great. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I'm at the free throw line. <laughs> it's the crowd loud as hell. And I, I, I just can't feel my arms. So like, I didn't have, I had no sense of touch. Like, so I, I couldn't, I had no feel. So I do my routine. I go to shoot it and I airball it, you know, and, gotcha. and, and being an Indiana kid, Playing at Assembly Hall, you know, obviously a lot of the kids there probably are from my area who grew up, whether I knew them or knowing me and, you know, being back home, playing at Indiana. Uh, that was that uh, that was one moment where I felt like and then the second free throw was it's hard to imagine. It was even worse. Like I just got, okay. it, I got it from the ref. I think I just took one dribble and I just kind of like threw it up there and then like, just like hit the backboard, hit the back of the rim and bricked off. So it was like, yeah, it was, it was strange because I never had experienced that. But when I speak on that and like answer questions like, you know, tough places to play or nervousness or, you know, how, how that goes, that's always a story I tell because I literally could not feel my arms. And I'm like, that that has to be that had to be a, a, some type of of nervousness or, or whatever you yeah. want to call it. I don't know. I, I didn't feel nervous like mentally or. You know, internally, I didn't feel nervous, but that had to be like physical nervousness or something. <laughs> yeah. And I know these days you're out in uh, Arizona, but you know, speaking of the, the home court Breslin Center, do you ever get back to, to watch any games at Breslin or how often do you come back to, to East Lansing to visit the, the program, Tom Izzo and, and everyone? So I've been playing overseas ever since I left there. So most yeah. of the year, majority, 75% of the year, I'm gone overseas. So Throughout the years, I always made it, you know, a point to come back just to pop up on campus, you know, go to the coach's office, you know, holler at them for a little bit, go watch practice, uh, you know, go hang out there a little bit, just try to, you know, be there, have that presence there still and, and keep that building, you know, from that year. You know, so I always went back probably probably more than any I mean, probably more than anybody on my team, and maybe even since then, gotcha. I probably went back there the most, you know, even if it's just to, you know, go show my face and talk to the coaches and catch up to them and, you know, just, you know, try to stay involved, involved there, you know, because that was only one year for me. So, you know, yeah. I, I understand how to maximize that one year. And that one year really changed my life on and off the court. So it's like I'm still – in the process of building those relationships and, you know, kind of seeing where they're going to continue to develop into the future. So I always went back, you know, throughout the summers, a lot of like over probably 10, 15 times. Uh, but I just went back from my first game when they play, we played against Northwestern, which we lost. So that was my first game. I went back to, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that was my first game. I went back to 
since I finished playing. I did get to go to a Midnight Madness one year, but that was my first game like two weeks ago. Gotcha. All right. Well, we got to have you back for another one. We, we got to send you out a, a, a winner here to break this uh, yeah, yeah. cold streak here. But yeah, man, I mean, yeah. hey, uh, until then, speaking of having, you know, you back, I'd love to have you back on this podcast one day, man. I've really appreciated this. this is, I mean, it's flown by. I feel like we have going to talk for five minutes and here we are. I mean, this if you, if you so want really to talk, you wanna talk longer, I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, if you if you want to talk more, it's, it's up to you. Okay. You know, one question then. Um, yeah. Just how, First time you got reamed out by Izzo. Like, what's it like? Because I I always kind of just wonder what that could possibly be like as a player to just get your first baptism of just getting absolutely your ass chewed out by by Tom Izzo. How how bad is it really for a player? Uh, I mean, I was fortunate to be a fifth-year transfer. So at that time, I had already experienced experienced the different styles of coaching, uh, a fun, crazy fact. All the way in high school, I had a different coach every year. So I had so freshman year, a different coach, sophomore year, a different coach, junior, different coach, senior, different coach. My freshman year, I went to SIU. I had a coach that was a tougher, like a overboard, you know, crossed the lines of being tough. But, you know, I had the extreme my freshman year uh, of college. And then I had kind of a laid back coach my at my JUCO. And then Homer and Bryce Drew, Bryce Drew they're so – so full of love and warmth and, you know, they can, they can take it there, but it's, it's rare, you know, that's not really their style. So by the time I got to Michigan state, I had seen a different variety of coaches and it was like, you know, I'm with those different levels of accountability and that pressure that they put on you. It was like, I was prepared for it, you know? So it was like, you know, I, I'm hey bring it on. You know, I, I was good with it. Although it could, you know, I could, I could definitely understand how, for a lot of players, and I know players this year that's on the team, it's it's not as easy for them to, you know, the coaches have had to change their coaching styles to where you yeah. can't really coach and practice and and be the the the, um, the have the style he's had day to day as he did when we were there, you know, and they were kind of they were kind of joking about not it wasn't a joke because it's like you could tell that you could understand that's a big difference in their coaching style and how it's allowed him to, you know, it's, brought, it's been successful, you know, whether you understand or like it or not, it, it works, you know, speaking on somebody yeah. that experienced it firsthand. So, uh, like I said, I was prepared for it. Uh, one thing about Izzo that you may have heard, um, he, he's the type, like he'll, he'll, he'll chew into, you, you know, he'll get on you. He'll, you know, put that, uh, you know, bring that fire out. But with him, it was like, there's such a mutual respect between the players and you know especially like the player like I was an older player so you know even though I was a fifth year transfer I'm pretty sure how he coached me on a daily day basis and how he held me accountable was more similar to a freshman so even though I was a fifth year transfer I got I did like he was on my ass the whole year like he was (laughs) yeah he he, it it was it could have been tough you know but I I, it, it just drove me to like okay like Shit, I can't make a mistake, you know, so like it, it either brings the best out of you or like you kind of fold and kind of yeah. crumble and go into your shell. So for me, like it brought it brought the best out of me, you know, the whole the whole time. So that was, you know, something I loved about him, you know, and that really. And one thing I've noticed, you know, those type of coaches, they they like I said, they either make you play better and you your self accountability will go up to where you're, you know, should be making plays. You should be producing. You should be doing your job at a high level. So that was something that and and just going back to that Northwestern game, you know, that was the first time it, it was 
it was really a big confirmation for me talking to Izzo that time because we've had good conversations and good dialogue, you know, whether it was, you know, just me and him or with amongst the coaches or us talking over the phone. Like we, you know, I've always felt comfortable sharing, you know, anything I needed to talk about. So he was somebody that was really there for me. But, you know, when I was just back in Northwestern, he, he, that was the first time we were talking about the players now on the team and kind of, how they're kind of build and how they're, you know, having some trouble understanding his style and, you know, kind of how he comes off and really how to embrace it, you know, and use it to your advantage like I did, you know. But when I was just there, he that was the first time, which meant so much to me. It was the first time he really, like, acknowledged and recognized me for, you know, being able to withstand his style. You know, he, he even told me, you know, like I was – you know, you had it bad, you know, you got it pretty bad, you know, talk about in comparison to these players now and, you know, the players throughout the years, he was like, he, he said it like you, you know, we, you got it bad <laughs> for me. Like I was on you, like, but you know, you weren't, you, you were built for it, you know? So that, you know, that meant a lot to me because although I knew I was built for it, how, I, you know, it, it's, it get tough mentally, you know, but you can still I'm sure. push through it. You yeah. know, it, it, it got, don't get me wrong. It was tough some mentally, but it's like, hey, this is what I'm here for. You know, this is what I do. You know, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. So it brought the best out of me. But, you know, him, us having that talk a couple of weeks ago, him and the other coaches kind of confirming that, that was that was a great feeling, you know, because although, like I said, all I knew I was built for it, it was like to hear them say it, you know, because they they understand the degree of what how they're on different players. And, you know, that, that was that was cool to hear. And that's how you come to Michigan State for one year and win the Big Ten regular season title and the Big Ten tournament title because hey, greatness is just drawn out of you, man. And you get greatness. And, he, Michigan and, State and that mutual respect, year. that mutual respect allows for those exchanges between players yeah. to where it's not like he, you know, the, we understand, you know, his position in the chain of command, but at the same time, it's like we're we're whether we made a mistake or not, like we're busting our ass out here, and he knows it. So it's like he allows for those exchanges between him and the players to, you know, which kind of fire him up, you know, and which allow us to, you know, stand up for ourselves and, you know, stand on our ten toes and, you know, be the men that we were developing in to be, you know. So it's like he allows yeah. for, for the to, you know, you know, embrace that as well and, you know, cuss at him, cuss back at him and yell at him. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's been times when it's like we're about to fight, like we're like kind of squared <laughs> off, but, you know, He'd go, oh, yeah, like I love that shit. Yeah. But it's like, what's going to come to blows? But, you know, that's Izzo, man. That's, that's, that's why, you know, we love him. And that's why, you know, the fans and the, the yeah. university loves him. Yeah. Well, I, like the, the, the painting behind me is uh, the painting of the Izzo and um, uh, Aaron Henry showdown from that first yeah. round. It's like so – it's, it's, it, it, it's yeah. what you got with him. I mean, yeah, so yeah. – it's, it's fun for us fans to stand by, but yeah, it's always interesting to talk with players being like, yeah. you always hear about mutual respect and it's great, yeah. but like, yeah, just hearing it over and over again. It's like, yeah, yeah. really is how it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're, competing. We all, we're chasing the goal, you know, we're, we're competing, we're competitive. You know? yeah. so that's what it comes down to. No days off, man. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, the, hey, really can't thank you enough for your time. This has been awesome. So I really hope uh, you're doing okay in Arizona. I know it's a bone chilling 60 degrees, uh, just like you said. So ho- hopefully yeah. you're, you're doing okay down there, but yeah, hey, until next time, we'd, we'd love to have you back on, but yeah, this, this was awesome. Cannot thank you enough, man. Yeah. No, thanks for having me, man. Like I said, anytime you want me to jump on, I'm, I'm more than willing.
See you tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. No, I'm All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hey, thanks a lot, man. Really, we do appreciate it. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Go green. Absolutely. Go away, my man. Huge, huge thanks to Brandon Wood for being so generous with his time and uh, really insightful, too. I, a lot of great stuff there from uh, just being very open uh, about sometimes struggles on the court to just the relationship with Izzo. Always fascinating to hear from former players uh, just about playing at Michigan State and under a guy like Tom Izzo. And yeah, it's awesome. Always great to have a former player on. But man, that was that was a great chat. So super thankful to uh, our guy Brandon Wood for that one right there. And thank you guys for listening as well. Uh, it's because of you guys that we get to have cool stuff like this, like former players. We get to go say, hey, we got a pretty good listenership. Uh, you want to talk to some Spartan fans? And yeah, hey, just go. So thank you guys for making that possible as well. Now, go make Locked on Bets your second listen today. That's right, guys. That's Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. All right. Hey, let's have a good time watching the game tonight. Love you all. Go Green!